You're listening to Joe List's Mindful Metal Jacket on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Mindful Metal Jacket. I am your host and your buddy and your guy, guide, your guide on the podcast. More of a guide than a host, let's say. And uh, I am a guide with uh, herpes and panic disorder and alcoholism and oh crooked teeth and a pretty big forehead and a medium penis with a thumbprint on it but that's neither here nor there today's episode is a fun one my dear friend chris allen is here yay maybe i'll get like a sound effects person to plug in like a little clap there Chris Allen is uh, on the podcast by is here. I mean, was here in my home. I'm in my home. He's no longer here. We recorded a couple weeks ago. We're starting to catch up the first, uh, I don't know, 10 episodes or so, or maybe next week's too. We're pre-recorded a long time before the podcast uh, was even out, but now we're, we're catching up because um, I haven't recorded as many, I guess. And also we released a bunch early and, uh, I haven't been doing much of anything because of this goddamn corona. I'm scared to death. This is really testing all of our hypochondria and anxiety. How are you guys doing? Call in, write in, email. I got to start an email, but um, you guys can email me, joelistcomedy at gmail, or um, you can get my email through my website. That's the same email I just gave you, so you don't have to do that. Or, uh, you know, Instagram tweet, a lot of nice messages, appreciate it. One fella in Plano even gave me a written letter, which was really kind, so thank you, sir. And um, it's been going well. So keep keep telling some friends. Share the, the news, share the well, spread it around, tell some friends. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands, 20 seconds. Don't forget your thumbs, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm going to the Big East tournament tonight. They haven't canceled it. It's in an arena. It's in New York. I live in New York. I ride the subway. I'm doing meet and greets. I'm flying all over the place. To be quite frank, I got a little bit of a cold right now. I hope you don't catch it from listening to the podcast. I got a sore throat, itchy ears. You guys have that? Tweet at me if you have the same thing. I think it's that season. Uh, But we'll be fine, I think. Or we won't be. And that'll be okay, too. We'll either die or we won't. Probably our grandmothers will die. My grandma's dead. And, uh, you know, what can you do? Anyways, let's get, let's pick it up the pace here. I'm watching Raising Arizona on the television, HBO. Great film. I love the Coen brothers. You know that about me, right? They're the greatest. This one's just a pure comedy. Good fun. Sometimes, you know, you just got to come home and throw on a comedy that you've seen a bunch. Sit there, keep it light, enjoy it. That's what I'm doing right now. And uh, this episode, like I said, Chris Allen is here. Chris is a wonderful comedian, friend of mine. I've known for quite a while now. I met him in uh, Washington, D.C. at the Big Hunt originally. And uh, he's a fan of comedy. He's also a comedian, but was a fan. And uh, big fan of Tuesdays with Stories. So that endeared me to him. And just a sweet guy, really genuine guy, good person, funny guy, good comedian. And uh, he came over the house. He brought some treats that were not really good for my reflux, but I enjoyed them anyways. And uh, we had a great talk. I was proud of this episode. I thought I well, there's a little bit of a break in the middle because I was freaking out because the battery was low and I was afraid of losing it because I'm an anxious guy. And like everything in life, when, when the more you 
have to lose, the more you're afraid of losing it. The better things are going. If it was a mediocre episode, I wouldn't have been as worried about losing it. Same with life. The more success you have, you get a nice wife, you got kids that you love, you got a nice home, your anxiety goes up. You'd think it would go down, but it goes up because you have uh, more to lose. So I'm trying to work with that, work on that, whatever. Losing my voice here. I don't know what's going on. Um, But anyways... Chris Allen's on the show. We talk about race and uh, having kids and raising kids and feeling seen and heard and how you deal with your anxiety and learned behavior. And uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. It was a really great talk. And um, Chris was fun. And we rode the subway in together. I went straight from this podcast to my other podcast, Tuesdays with Stories. I hope you listen to that podcast. I assume uh, a lot of you came from listening to that. So uh, thank you. Things are Things are going good. I think we're alive, goddammit, right now, if you're hearing this. If you're hearing this, you're doing well enough to be listening to a podcast. That must be good. And uh, I hope the podcast helps. You can write in with your uh, questions or topics if you want. Tweet at me. Um, email me, like I said, whatever. And uh, you can come see me do comedy. I'll be in uh, Los Angeles Monday night at the Comedy Store, Belly Room. Nice, small, tight space for people to pile on top of each other. That's good this time of year. Uh, whatever time of year. Whatever you call it. Epidemic, pandemic, potdemic. Um, I'm coming back to Boston, April, I think, 16th and 17th. Woo-ha-ha, comedy club, whatever that Friday, Saturday is, Patriots Day weekend. I'll be in Worcester. And then May 9th, my Uncle Dale's uh, show, Firefighter. Uh, Holbrook Firefighter, Fire Department Benefit in Quincy, Massachusetts. I put the link up. It wasn't working. I'll, I'll put it back up. Um, you'll find it or just message me. I'll send it to you. And that, that's going to be fun. San Francisco punchline. is a ways away. June 10th through the 13th. Hopefully the pandemic will have slowed. You can see me there and, uh, I'll put up some other dates on comedianjoelist.com and, uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram and, um, yeah, enjoy today's conversation with Chris Allen. Like I said, it was a really good one. I hope you enjoy it. We talk a little politics, just a little, hope you don't get too upset about that, but, uh, that's your, your problem, not mine. I'm trying to get better about that. And uh, that's all. So here comes Chris Allen. But before, of course, a little love, a little wisdom. And this one, once again, as it often is, is from Pema Chodron. I'm never sure if I'm saying her name right. I'm reading her new book called Welcoming the Unwelcome. Um, And I happened to come across a little snippet that references humor. I'm a comedian. Humor lightens up the spiritual path and prevents it from becoming a drug. A drag. Damn it. Same thing. I'll try again. Take two. Humor lightens up the spiritual path and prevents it from becoming a drag. It gives us the openness to go deeper into the teachings rather than become fixated on what we think they mean. When I'm reading, I can't really take in what it is that I'm reading. So I hope that made sense to you, and I hope you enjoyed it. Take care of each other, and be as kind to yourself as you would be to somebody else. Now, enjoy this conversation with my friend, Chris Allen. We're, we're live. Are you I'm ready? Live, yeah. Is this your first podcast? Very first. <laughs> I don't even know what is a podcast. I'm not sure yet either. I just farted in your house. Is this the first black fart? Oh, yeah. That's the first black everything. We're breaking the color barrier. Are you serious? Uh, no, let me think. Am I the Jackie Robinson? 
of your apartment. Let oh, Obama's think. in here. I got Obama. I just hung him up right before you got oh, here. Oh, wow, you hung Obama. <laughs> Black history. <laughs> I know. We were scrambling to frame somebody. You're like, who can we pretend to admire? That's, isn't that funny? You, you framed and hung him. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> that's fun. He was framed. And, and hung. That could be a bit. Take that. Oh, thank um, you. I appreciate it. Well, for many years, I had Bill Cosby framed and hanging, and uh, <laughs> he's a fucking rapist, a serial rapist. Yes. Yeah, That's the worst kind of rapist. Yes. Right? I mean. It, yeah, you can't call it a mistake at that point. You're just, it's, it's just in your DNA. I don't know if you want to put out there that you can call one rape a mistake. We'll edit it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm saying you you're like can't. you're like I'm if it's one rape you can just no, be like, ah, I'm it was saying a you can't you can't you can't say hey I was drunk you, there's no excuse there's never an excuse there you but go. if you do it there one you time go. you can't be like man I just it was a crazy night yeah I was young and I didn't know what was going yeah, on and exactly. I misunderstood that's what I mean by it. Jesus I hear you I hear you we better move on to some other business <laughs> stat and I got Mookie Betts everywhere why am I trying to prove that I have black people in my apartment I'm 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 here Joe that's all you need you're here and uh, we're queer well thanks for being here that's my that's my friend Chris Allen I will have already recorded an intro talking about how wonderful you are oh really yeah cool man. Yeah, thanks for being here. By the way, you really had me on the, I'm in Jamaica. I took the wrong train. Yeah. And I was bummed because I got to run out of here to do the other podcast as soon as I'm done here. So you know, some New York train humor. I got you. I had to, had to look up the map and go, okay, where can I say I am? That's not bad. <laughs> well, this is the kind of humor, though, that I argue with our friend, my friend, Ari Shafir, about this. We were like, well, that's the kind of humor that's fun for you. But it, for me, it just bummed me out. I was like, fuck, he's in Jamaica. And then you're like, I'm just kidding. But I'm not like, ah, it's hilarious. I'm like, oh, jeez. But that's why I said I'm just kidding so quickly. I was mm. like, I don't want to. I do appreciate the quick, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Because I was going to be like, take a cab or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm stressed out. Yeah, but. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to, like, uh, do it too fast. So we're like, you barely read the first one. And you just see, I'm just kidding. And then you go back, back up and read the rest of the first text. Yeah, like, I think, like, 20-year-old women like that humor. was like, because you're fat. Just kidding. Yeah. That, where you're like, you can't, you got to give it a beat. Yeah, that's a beat. Um, but anyways, good to be here. I mean, thanks for having me. We were talking about this right before. Now, are you this kind of guy? You're freaking out about Corona. Is that real? You know what? I, I, I kind of am, man. I was talking to uh, a buddy who was a doctor. He's like, don't worry about it. And then like two days ago, they were like on Facebook, like it's coming to America, everybody. And we're not talking about Prince of King. We're talking about the coronavirus I think California just started. A, they just declared a state of, of an emergency or something like that. Already? Oh, oh, yeah, already. Well, here's the thing. I've always been this, and this is where I know I'm getting better with therapy and meditation and all the business, is that I've always been a freakout guy. Like bird flu, I fucking lost my mind. I remember just drinking and staying at home and trying to tell everyone because it was like on the cover of Time magazine. It was like a rooster and it said bird flu is here or whatever. And then a few years ago, there was Ebola was in New York City. There was a case of Ebola. Oh, see, I'm, I don't get that. But Ebola is like, that's like you bleed out of your tits and the yeah. shit. I, don't, I, think movies has, I think movies have uh, ruined Ebola for me. I can't take it seriously. Ebola's Outbreak. Isn't that a yeah. That movie? Yeah. Cuba Gooding. Yes. He's one of yours. <laughs> he, he also uh, he's not a good one well really what do you mean he got in trouble and i think here in new york for like groping women and stuff you didn't see that no i skipped yeah. that one every once he in a while not, just... gooding, not so gooding junior <laughs> um i like yeah. that well morgan freeman's in there he's gotta be 
okay. Morgan Freeman? Yeah. The stepdaughter thing? Does he have one too? I think he's he married some lady and he ended up like now he's like dating his her daughter or something. It's something weird, man. I think that's Woody Allen you're thinking about. No, no, he's in the he's <laughs> he's uh, Woody Allen. Um wow. All right. Well, anyways. Yeah, sorry. So outbreak. So Ebola you're not afraid of, but you are concerned about corona. Like, I, like how concerned? I was not until I came to this city, man. And I was just like, it's just so many people. And riding these trains, people are coughing. Facebook, Twitter, you see it's coming. It's coming. They say they're talking about uh, prepare for disruptions. And I'm like, man, then I just envision myself giving, going, going back to Virginia and I'm the guy that starts it in Charlottesville. I'm like, I'm patient zero. Oh God, that would suck. That fucking. Yeah. They already don't like us there anyway. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to get racial again, but man, (laughs) Um, but don't you think here's what I'm trying to do with my anxiety. Cause that's all anxiety is that I can't do anything about this now except wash my hands and sanitize or whatever. Cause we were on the cruise ship a couple weeks ago. See, I I, would have canceled that man. But that one was it's all impractical jokers fan. No one no one's going to China and then the impractical jokers tour. That's not there's no crossover crossover there. there. Yeah. Although JF Harris, we were there with him, the comedian, and they were like, uh, have you visited China? he had China in his passport and he was like, I was there in December and I was like, Oh, that's like so close. It was like three days past the cutoff of like you're not allowed on the boat. Wow. But see? Whatever. All it takes is one. There's not much you can do about it. What can I do? Like, how does worrying help me? Other than I'm not going to walk around with a mask, although I should because my teeth. But I'm like, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'll just sanitize. I wash my hands. But I'm definitely in the danger area. I'm flying every week. I'm at airports and I live in New York. But what the fuck? What can you do? You're right, man. You can't. Uh, that's that's something I also I've been trying to work on. It is just trying to like. Just realize there are certain things I I can I have no control over, and the best thing to do is just move on. And I've done that recently with people's opinions. Yeah, just, I can't change people's opinions, man. And I just it just I don't know why it, it took so long, but it just hit me like two weeks ago. Like, why do you care what people think? You cannot change their mind. And I I, I don't even argue with people anymore. I just go, you know what? That's your that's how you that's how you view things. That's fine. And I just move on, dude. It's no point in trying to convince people. Yeah, I try to do that too. There's like a saying I like: uh, "How people fear about feel about you is none of your business." Right. You know that's why it's like when someone's like, "Oh, so and so said this about you." That person's the asshole. Right. The person that's telling you the thing that the person right. said shitty because it's like, well, they're entitled to their feelings. But no, I'm trying to work on that too, particularly in our business with social media. I just read one comment that's like, "This guy sucks" or "He's a hack" or whatever, and it's like. <sighs> I don't know how you devastating, shit, man. <laughs> well, I, you, huh? So you don't you don't get any negative. I'm a dude. I'm nobody. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll post a video and it'll get ninety views. So, but it's coming, and but it's part of the business, I guess. But it's like, man, it is hurtful. But I have to try to do the same thing. Just let go, I guess. You just can't. You can't read it, man. You you, you can't read it. I mean, every once in a while, I'll get a someone will watch my video and say something. I'm like, ah. Like I got a review on my podcast one time, and they were like, "This is terrible. This guy has nothing to talk about." And I, 
I just went full on. Just I just destroyed that guy. I was so devastated. Did you get into it with the person? I I don't even. I have. I never went back. I just wrote what I wrote, and I was like, I'm done with it. It was just. Yeah, it's it hap- was hurtful, man. It's happened to me a few times. I'll make the mistake. Sometimes I read comments. People are like you can't read comments, but sometimes I'll read the comments because I assume they're gonna be good. Because I'm like, I killed it on that show. Let me see what people are saying, and then you're like, your oh. favorite line. They hated it, you know. Yeah, it's just it's brutal. It reminds me of um, I tried to do this as a bit for years. It never worked. But my previous girlfriend, when we first started dating, mm-hmm. you've probably heard the story, maybe, but. I searched my name on her computer because I was like, we, we had, had no argument. We were together for like six weeks and we were like madly in love. We moved in and she left her Gmail open. So I searched my name and there was a conversation between her and her best friend. Oh my God. And she was like, I met this guy. Like, I'm in love with him. Uh, he's like the funniest guy I've ever met. He's so sweet. He's unattractive, but he's a great guy. And she's like, I don't want to just keep dating based on looks. So I'm giving like a guy I'm not really attracted to a try because he's just so funny and so nice. And it was so fucking painful. And I just wasn't expecting. And all she said all these nice things. I'm in love with him. I want to marry him. See? But people, that's all at the door. Yeah. People want to be attractive, man. Of people course. People want to look good. Yeah. You look great, by the way. I do not. But you, thank you. You look stylish and fit and your hair looks hey, great. Hey, man. I'm... <laughs> Dude, I walked into the stand Thursday. I'm like, I look cool. And then some young kid walked in, same fucking outfit. I was like, God damn it. Uh, Segalo was laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that guy shouldn't be laughing at anybody. It was just funny. I was like, yeah. Because like in Virginia, me wearing this, it's like, oh, this guy must be from New New York or something. Yeah, you look hip. I look stylish everywhere else. But here, I just look like another guy. You're a hip. You're a hip fellow. I'm trying to be hip, man. I'm old, man. How old are you? I'm, I'll be 40 in like three weeks. Oh, damn. That's gross. You look young, though. You look, I mean, you got, you know, you're black. That means you look young, right? Yes. Is it the moisturizer? Is that what it is? I, <laughs> That's what I heard. Because black I, people moisturize. I don't know what it is, man. I, I, I'm trying not to make this a jokey podcast, but. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, well, can we just go back for one second about. My girlfriend at the time calling me ugly. Oh, dude, that would crush me, man. It was crushing, and it it lingers. Like, I have it. Like, I'm like, this is the person that loves me the most in the world at the time, and she thinks I'm ugly. And then I had to try to, like, move forward sexually. And there was another time, I remember, these are things that just have lingered with me. I, I want to know if you have things like this. There was a comic that I was, like, kind of buddies with in Boston, and we were talking one time, and I was, like, being self-conscious about my teeth, and everyone was like, ah, they're fine. And then this guy goes... If you were a woman with those teeth, it would be a deal breaker. Oh my god! <laughs> and I thought, man, he's pro- like it was so hurtful. But I was like, I would be disappointed if my wife had my teeth. Wow. I would. I would still love her because I love her. But it was a bummer. So those things linger. I want to kill myself all the time. You ever have any of those things like lingering things that somebody said to you even when you were a child that you're just like, oh god, I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, I remember in first grade, and I was such a like, uh, just kind of a neurotic kid. I did everything the same way every time. And I was so excited to get to school one day, I forgot to brush my teeth. And I was just like, damn it, I forgot to brush my teeth. It's going to be a terrible day. I was like, I'm just not going to talk to anybody. And we got to school, and we go through the routine of everybody has to sharpen their pencils, right? And then my friend Yolanda, um, Yolanda Johnson, uh, I said good morning to her, like, hey, or something. And she was like, 
your breath stink. And I was like, I know, I forgot to brush my teeth. And dude, this was like 1986. And I think about it at least once a week, man. And she was like, your breath stink. And it was breath. Your breath stink. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, man. Did it become, a, did it spread around though that you're the bad breath guy? Or was it no. just kind of the one day? Well, that's not no, too bad. But dude, I, I, I can... I can still see it in my head, and it's like a movie. It's kind of got like faded out around the edges, and it's just like your breath stink, and it's a close up on her lips. Your breath stinks. It's hurtful because well, anything. That's what's crazy about being a kid. And you have a kid. Do you have a son? Yeah. Who looks super cool? Looks just like you. He's like the coolest looking kid. Do you have? <laughs> He's forty two. Do you? Um, <laughs> do you have like the when you see your kid, you go through? This is what I think about with having a kid. Do you like relive the pain of being a child when you like think of like sending him off to school? Are you worried that like, oh, he's going to get picked on or made fun of? Uh, to a degree. My thing is because where I live at is very, it's very rural, very red. And I have no issue with, you know, who people who vote that way. But my thing is, it's like I do. Oh, you do. <laughs> I just don't want him being made fun of because he's one of the few black kids in the school. Right. And there are some people there. That when we pick them up, you can tell they just, they hate the fact that we're like a, a solid family black unit and he dresses well, he does well in school uh, and we care. Like I'm retired, so I'll go up and I'll have lunch with them from time to time. I'll just go to Subway, get a sandwich and I'll just walk into the lunchroom and I'll have lunch with them. And I, I, I just, I could just, I could just see some of the teachers just looking like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? You know, he thinks he's a better dad. And it's just, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm projecting, but I just feel like a lot of people up there just don't like the fact that we care about our son and we're black, man. Well, that but, seems like it must be hard of the, one of the hardest parts of being black is that you have to wonder everyone that's an asshole. Cause there's tons of assholes. Right. You have to wonder, is this person being an asshole cause I'm black or is this person an asshole cause right. I'm an asshole? How yeah. often do you have to deal with that? Because there's a lot of assholes. Every I'm a, I'm a uh, yeah. white guy dealing with a lot of assholes. Yeah, but I, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, but I just I just go, you know, they're probably just an asshole. They're, they're probably just an asshole, man. Right. Yeah, because that's that's the shit that Patrice O'Neill talked about. He's like, that's the that's the one hard thing about being black is it's like it drives us crazy. It's like, is this mother? He he says, is this motherfucker being racist or is he really asking about my dog? Oh, you just listened to that. Yeah. Louie and I were just listening to that bit in the car yesterday and fucking howling laughing. It's, it's an dude, amazing bit. That that special is it means so much to me. And the fact that I get to work that club means the world to me. That the improv. But that that bit hit me so hard. It was one of those things like, that's what it is. It's like, is this motherfucker being racist, man? I like you said, I don't know. Right. You know, it's like I don't want to be sensitive, but at the same time, it's just like I'll, I'm not gonna let you disrespect me. You right. Know what I'm saying because I have that a lot as a as a as a white fella that I'll hear a story. Someone will be telling me a story. A black person will be like, this guy just cut me a lot. He was looking at me, or uh, the waitress took forever, and I'm like, well, I had that experience also i think right. they might just be a shitty waitress right but i don't have to be like maybe they hate but now i'm starting to feel that way because right. i'm like well i'm hanging out with louie i don't know i'm a straight white guy i don't know it's a weird time man it's an odd time where you have straight white guys and you know ironically the ones that complain the most are the ones that uh are right wing and and don't want to hear anybody else complain but at this at the same time they want people to understand where they're coming from it's like you can't ask people to do that when you didn't want to extend the same olive branch. It's right. Just, it's an odd thing. Well, now it feels like, I mean, I don't want to get political, right. but it feels like both sides 
do a thing where like, how do you like it? And yeah. it's like, well, you hated that when exactly. they were doing it. It's, it's, it's really a but I horrific think it, time. Yeah, it plays into my anxiety. Like I just, <clears throat> it just hit me a couple of days ago that I do project like shit onto my son. Like he just got into, into skateboarding. Okay. And to back up, I, I went to private schools from sixth grade all the way up until uh, I graduated high school. I was typically one of maybe a handful of black kids in the school. My dad did well, but he was cheap. So I didn't have a lot of shit that I wanted. You know what I mean? Like the latest Nintendo, cool sneakers. So I'll go to this school and that's like these spoiled rich white kids and I don't have all the cool stuff. And I always was afraid of looking poor. Always right. afraid of looking poor. So like I got my son to skateboard and I was just like, I don't want to take him to the skate park with a $15 skateboard that I got from Walmart because people will see us and they'll think that we're poor. I'm like, I got to go to the skate shop, get the best skateboard. And I'm like, Chris, why the hell would I, you go out and spend $200 on a skateboard for a seven-year-old that's barely going to ride it. Right. But I'm projecting like all this racial shit onto my son and I have to make sure I stop. I go, it's 2020. I ha I can't do this. Get the $15 skateboard. And if he gets good, then buy him a better skateboard. Right. So yeah. So I do worry about, the same things that uh, I went through happening to him. And my thing is him looking poor. Even though we were never poor, I just felt like people would look at us like we were poor because my parents just didn't, like, give us exactly what we wanted, man. Yeah, I have the, a very similar thing where my mother, um, like, she grew up poor and, like, tell, always tells a story about having holes in her crotch. And then someone was like, you got a hole in your fucking pussy. And she's, like, still traumatized from it. She's yeah. 65 or whatever that happened in 1948. You should have her on the pod. Maybe I will. We'll have, we'll, we'll have a good chat that we should be having. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but she had the same thing. So then when I was a kid, she was like, they had no money, not no money, but, you know, right. middle class, lower middle class, whatever, whatever fucking splurge class. on clothes and stuff. Yeah. So but she was like, we got to make sure your pants fit properly so you don't get picked on and all this right. shit. But it was like when I got I got picked on this and that and we got to get you these clothes so you don't get picked on. But it was just putting it in my head of like, I'm going to get picked on. And I still carry that now. Right. Of like. Well, I better make sure everything's on. My pants are the right size. My hair is the right size. I'm going to get destroyed yeah. because my mother projected that onto me. And it's not, yeah, it's not cool, dude. Yeah. And now, by the way, like, we never had any money. My mother has no money because she spent all her money on my, my niece and nephew and myself trying to protect it from being. And a better thing to do, I think, in hindsight or whatever, with your kids is just to be like, you look great. That's pretty perfect just the right. way you are. Because kids that have that don't get bullied because the kids that are reassured that they're doing, they're fine. If you're like, hey, your pants are too short, they're like, what? No, I look great. Yeah, I'm fine. These are my yeah. pants. What are you Dude, talking about? That's the environment that I grew I grew up in an inner city in Rochester, and I didn't realize I did this until I left and went to the military. Um, <clears throat> we did this thing. And I'm pretty sure it's, it happens in every inner city. People look you from the feet up. Interesting. Yes, they. It's like in in the where I grew up at. People are more interested what's on your feet. That gives you your status. If you meet a girl, the first thing she look at look at the sneakers. All right, are they, are they new? Are they clean? Are they Jordans? And they're like, if you had dirty shoes right off the bat, you're fucking, you're worthless, dude. Oh boy, you're, you're worthless. So that would that's where like the the obsession with the clothes and the sneakers. That's where you get you get in your head, you get self-conscious about that. Like all my friends that went to public schools that didn't really have like the best 
um, home life, their biggest concern was school clothes. They could care less, unfortunately, about what they learn, about an education. It was just like, I'm, I, I need school clothes. I need sneakers. It was, how many outfits did you get? How many pairs of jeans did you get? How many pairs of sneakers? These motherfuckers didn't care anything about reading, history, math. It's all about the outfits. It's all about looking good and, and fitting in. And that was also something that added to my insecurity too. Cause like all my friends went to public schools. I went to private schools. I used to get made fun of for that shit. So like being one of the only black dudes in the school, I got called Uncle Tom there. I got called Uncle Tom in my neighborhood. They used to call us white because we went on vacations and my dad uh, used to put that the car carrier thing on top. Yeah, they used yeah. to call us like the Black Griswolds. <laughs> dude, dude, one time, my dad was cutting the grass and some lady across the street was like, look at him, he think he white. He cutting his grass. Like, that's the kind of shit that I grew wow. up with, dude. Yeah. Boy, that is fucking... It's, dude, I grew up yeah, man, it's just, I never knew where to fit in, dude. It, it's always fucked with me. Even in the military, it, it was like that for me. So that's weird. It's like you can't win. You can't win. You're like, oh, we're successful. We did it. We overcame all the stereotype and the odds or whatever, and then you're still getting shit. Right. I mean, that's a weird thing, I guess, in the black community that, like, even when you're doing well, it's like, oh, you're a traitor to us. Yeah, you, do you, you have that, to do it a certain way. Right. I mean, do you think that holds the uh, black community back? The idea of being like, you're supposed to be, if I talk this way, I'll be ostracized from this right. community. It's, it's, I don't, to be honest, I don't think it's any different than any other community, but that is part of it. We, we talk out both sides of our mouth because uh, like, take, take my uh, social media, for instance. Um, say something happens and um, there's supposed to be this black opinion about it, you know, like, like Trayvon Martin or something like that. And you get that one person that's just like, well, I don't really know if Trayvon Martin, you know, uh, wasn't the most innocent guy. Black people will jump on that person for saying something like that. But at the same time, they'll turn around and yell at a white person for thinking all black people think the same. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? So it's like, how can you get mad at them for saying, oh, all black people think the same, but then when a black person doesn't believe or think like you, or they like, maybe Kobe Bryant, you know, shouldn't be remembered this way, you jump down their throat. Right. It's like, dude, you can't say we don't all think alike and then get pissed off when someone doesn't think like us, so to speak. Well, then you have to, and then if you think differently or conservatively, then you represent this whole thing of like, you see, like I always right. think about that with like Chris Rock's uh, black people versus N words bit is that like there was, I mean, I was young at the time, but looking back, there must've been like countless white people. And I encountered them too. They're like, you see, even yeah, Chris Rock hates N words. Right. And you're like, then it becomes this thing of like, cause every time there's a black conservative people always plaster that look at this guy he's he's black and he yeah. thinks black lives matter is terrorist exactly how come you can't become a doctor you know he did it he pulled himself up it's like well everyone's circumstances aren't the same right yeah that's yeah. tricky it seems like there's some racial issues in this country but would you say this is the well i guess nowadays with the the trump has fired up both racism on both sides not to sound like him but is this the least racist time in american history I would, if you just looked at it on paper, I would say yeah. Because it feels like sometimes I think it's a it's a least a less racial time, but we talk about race way more than we ever dude, we, have. It's because we 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 never resolved it, dude. 
And the, the thing is, man, I don't I really don't think America can truly come together until we sit down and talk about this shit. And there's but there's just too many people that they feel like talking about it, slavery and all this kind of stuff is like putting the blame on them. It's like it's not, dude. You have to talk. It's like any other relationship. You got to talk shit out. Like I feel like almost every little uh, tips my wife and I get into and we, we talk it out. We get a little bit closer. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, feel like of course. It's the same thing with America. It's like, dude, if some white people can just get over themselves and stop with the white guilt and stop getting so defensive, we could really get somewhere. Because, dude, look how far we've come and the progress we've made in this country has been so, like, abrasive. You know what I mean? We got to fight for it. And we've done well as a country. Just imagine if people set aside all the bullshit and we truly work together. It's just, it's, it blows my mind. It's like, can't you see... You know, what we could really do if we actually came together as a country. Right. But you, but you got to get over the other shit first. But that's where our country is too diverse, not just racially, but like financially or whatever you call it, income. Like, it's like you're talking about having a conversation, which sounds great, but it's like there's 350 million people. Right. And then you have people that are, and I don't want to get too off the rails here from mindfulness, but you have people that make 10 grand a year and live in the street. There's people that are addicted to heroin. And then there's like billionaires. Right. Which is a strange thing about our system, too, is that like we have a senator in New York has to represent. Michael Bloomberg, and then whoever you grew up with in Rochester. Right. Like, this is like different planets. Uh, yeah, that's very true. It's like a weird um, thing. But it, all of it, to bring it back to anxiety, it all gives me anxiety when you start oh, looking yeah. at all these problems and reading. And I'm somebody that whatever opinion I read, I'm like, well, that's a great point. Like I'll, like the Trayvon Martin or whatever, you're like, you hear like, no, no, this happened and the police deal with it. I'm like, fuck, I, I'm on this side. Yeah. Right. And then you hear, yeah, but we grew up here and this, and you're like, fuck, I don't, it becomes all overwhelming. And then you're like, then you realize, and this is what the problem with social media is like, maybe I don't have to have a definitive opinion that I shouldn't be sharing an opinion. Right. But then with social media, everyone feels like they have to put out their right. thing, which causes more divide, which is what the Russians want. <laughs> Um, right, man. But how do what what do you do to bring it back to like mindfulness? Are you a therapy guy at all? I am, but I recently quit going. I just can't oh, afford boy. it at the time, man. Oh, geez, you're not doing all right. You're a retired military guy. Yeah, but I did. I lost a shit ton of money when I retired. They stopped paying for my housing. I stopped getting my active duty pay. Now I get my pension and I get uh, VA disability from oh. PTSD. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this country yeah. sucks. Um, just yeah. kidding. I love it. Don't write to me. Yeah. Um, so you lost, you don't get covered with therapy. Uh, yeah. Medical stuff changes a little bit. I got to pay out of pocket. So it's just my wife. It's just, it's just not the perfect time financially, man. But if I noticed for me, like working out is really, uh, has really helped me out a lot. I was busy a couple, uh, about a month ago and I just couldn't get to the gym for two weeks. And my wife was like, you are, pinging again like she was like you're just bouncing off the walls and it was because i wasn't going to the gym to, to release that extra tension but that's good to have like you talk about every time you communicate with your wife you feel better yeah that feels like the key to everything is communication with um parents your kids your wife because even more so than working out to me is that thing of like feeling like you're dealing with stuff right. and that's what um communication does but did you get tools from therapy that you use and carry oh with you? yeah my, my 
therapist Larry was. He was a good guy. Larry? Yeah, older white dude. It, it was like, <laughs> dude, dude, it was Christ, Christian-based therapy. I mean, uh, a therapist named Larry is the craziest thing I've ever heard Larry, in my life. Larry, man. All right. Dude, he's, he, dude this, this is what's great about it. He used to live in New York back in the, fifth, in the 60s. He was in the Coast Guard. He was stationed out on one of the little islands. Dude, he loved it, man. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so Christian-based therapy. Yeah, but I was just like, I don't want anybody. He's like, you want some verses? I was like, no, we can just talk regular. Well, there's some stuff in the Bible that I'm sure is applicable. You know what? <clears throat> and through my trying to get better mentally, it's weird, man. Like I'm not a religious guy, but I was just thinking like there are actually great lessons in the Bible, and I think that people probably should from time to time go to church and maybe get a sermon or two. I think it just, especially if you grew up with it, I think it can kind of, you know, set you back on the right path a little bit sometimes, man. Sure. Like, I, I mean, I'm part of a spiritual program. I'm not a religious guy, but I end up in church for meetings and such. And there's a lot of times where I, I, people get serious about talking about it, so I don't want to offend anybody. No, I, I get it. But... um like there's a saying, let go and let God. Now, I'm not like a God believer, but I'm not the most powerful thing. So I'm not running the planet or the show. So there has to be whatever that is that's more important than me. Right. I, I consider like the earth, the sun rises, the sun and the earth are perfect distance from each other and the plants are able to grow and everything's seasonal. That whole entire thing I'll call God. Right. And so the idea, it's, it's f nice to be reminded for me personally of let go and let God, of like, I can't control this. Ebola, whatever the fuck the thing's called. Uh, but like, Corona. It's like, I can't handle it. So whatever's going to happen There's has to happen. nothing you can do, happen. So let reality run its course. So my point is, yes, some, I'm not a religious, I don't believe in God, but I believe in... Um, I don't know, earth and life and love. No, I'm the same way, man. Like, let me ask you this. My wife and I, we we argue about this constantly, and she thinks it, it affects me. I feel that life is main, is mostly bad. Okay. And she was like, that's so negative. I'm like, but I think it's the bad that makes the good good and the great great. Well, they're both sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the right. other. You can't have heads without tails. You can't have good without bad. If there was no bad, there'd be no good. Yeah. Because there's nothing to uh, compare it to or whatever. But I think there was a, a Buddhist sort of idea, and I forget who I heard say this, is reality is neutral. Everything just is, and everything is how we That's, perceive it. Right. It's There is no good or bad. I mean, life is a sad undertaking in that everything dies. And impermanence can be incredibly sad or incredibly beautiful, depending on how you look at it. Right. It's sad that we and everyone we know and everyone we love is going to die. I'm coming but to it would be insane if we didn't. I, dude, I would not want to live ever. And it I wouldn't just, give you, it would give nothing value. Right. So there's something beautiful that literally everything is impermanent. Even a stainless steel fucking table or right. a cardboard box and uh, an animal and the, the weather and even our own feelings. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, but life is certainly sad in general. And we're in the top 1% of fortunate. Even a fucking black person is still in America. Oh, yeah. Is more fortunate. Well, not all black people, obviously. There's homeless people. But like 
we're you and I sitting here doing a podcast. We're in the top zero one percent yeah. of the fucking planet. Right. Of fortunate. It's like getting drafted to like the Lakers right now. Exactly. Like, even if you sit the bench, it's like, dude, you're on the Lakers, and it's. That's that that's that thing about going back to not to make it a political again, but that's that thing as a black person. You got when we when you go, man, this is the best time to be alive. You, you we should be glad to be in America. It's just like, hey man, what about police brutality and all that kind of stuff? So like as a black person, it's just like you feel bad for saying like this is a great time to live. We should be glad to be in America and all that kind of stuff. Cause people are like, What about slavery? Huh? What, what do you mean? What about our brothers and sisters back on, on Africa in Africa? And it's just like, damn it. Can I just enjoy like being me for like 10 minutes without having to be, you know, super woke or super pro black or to think about every little. Yeah, we are very, very lucky to, to, to live in America, you know, and I'm not thinking that, you know, my ancestors were, were lucky enough to come over here on a slave ship. That's like, I'm not saying that at all. Right. But there are some people that want you to admit that like. Oh, slavery wasn't that bad. I'm glad. Like, dude, somebody one time on active duty was like, man, you should be glad to be here. You have a cell phone. I was just like, I don't think I would trade, you know, uh, what happened to my people for this a cell phone, man. They, they have cell phones in, in Africa. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's tricky because you have to have moments of like, I mean, certainly there's always something that you can get depressed about. Right. I mean, people are being oppressed on the planet at all times. Tons of them. Right. I mean, there's disease spreading right now. Somebody's getting fucking raped right now. I know, man. But you can only in my basement right now. Yeah. Um, it's we have a little den down there for that specific purpose. Um, JK, LOL, folks. Um, but you can't be overwhelmed by that all the time. At some point, you have to just be in this moment, and that's the thing about anxiety and mindfulness. For the most part, most of worry and anxiety is something in the future or past it's you're projecting man yeah it's for, so much projecting for me most of the time you're like i am fine right right now. certainly there's a chance you could get pulled over and dragged out and beaten for doing nothing but um by the way relatively unlikely and but, so is corona and so is but here's my mind here's my thought process on that People like people like my therapist to go, what are the chances of that happening? That you have cancer, that this will happen to you. I'm like, but Sandra Bland probably thought the same thing. People that were on a on a plane that went down, they're like, oh, this is this is this is fine. Planes don't crash, but yours is crashing. Right. Like my mind always because I always tell myself I'm not special. I'm not special. I see horrible things happen to people and I go, that could very easily happen to me. And my wife will go, why do you even think about that? I go, because it's possible. She goes, but, but it's not likely. I'm like, yeah, but it happened to this person. They're not different. But what is the benefit of thinking about it happening to you? I, How does it benefit you to be like, I, my plane might crash? I tell myself that it makes me uh, uh, more prepared, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but that's the thing sometimes. And that's what like my OCD and it's anxiety is. I'm it like, if I... If I worry about this, it won't happen. Like yeah. somehow I feel like I'm protecting myself. And that's what like that's, neurosis yeah, that's, is. Exactly. I'm that's what it is. I'm protecting myself from that happening. But that you have to get through is like, doesn't make sense. It's insane. Because I have it all the time. It's like my number one thing is always worrying. Like I'm going to die. All of this is meaningless. My I'm going to get cancer or Corona. And it's like the classic thing of like, I could also walk outside and get fucking nailed by a car. Yeah. Freak things happen. But if they happen, they happen. It's better to not waste this moment worrying about that happening because most likely it won't happen. And if it does, you'll deal with that too. Yeah. 
Do you do this thing where like if you if you're just having a great time and then you realize you're not worrying and you go, I should be worried about something. Of course, yeah. That, that is so bad, man. I have like distinct, I've probably talked about this in the podcast before, I have a distinct memory of being really young, like a kid, five years old, and just, and like sitting there trying to actively remember what I was worrying about. Because I feel it becomes, I think Katie Hannigan talked about this on her episode, like it becomes addictive to have those thoughts. And a good sort of analogy is it's like you're making those grooves in the record deeper every time you do it you dig another groove yeah, so the needle just keeps falling back in there yeah, because that's what you're used to get to. out every time yeah dude yeah that's why that's where meditation comes in is because it's like you're practicing getting rid of that of coming back to your breath and coming back to the moment and the more you practice it the easier it becomes to do that to be like okay i'm freaking out right now let me come back to this yeah i had a rough uh, couple of weeks worrying about stuff like uh what well, the whole kobe bryant thing dude that really shook me up what were you worried about? Your your helicopter crashing? Well, it's just be, obviously Kobe and I, our lives are completely different. He's way more successful. But here he is, young black guy, retired at like 39, like me, mm-hmm. two years later, dead. Yeah. And like that's my biggest I always do that. That's that's my biggest fear. Like, well, before my son was born, I was like, I'm gonna die before he's born. I fucking know it. I'm never gonna beat my son. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I know it's gonna happen. And then, like, I used to, then I was I would go. I'm gonna die right before I retire. I'm gonna die right before I retire. <laughs> like lethal weapon. Yeah, and then, yeah, exactly. I'm like something bad's gonna happen. And then I'm like, um, when Kobe died, I'm like, fuck. He just retired. This is gonna happen to me. He's gonna leave his family. It's it's gonna suck. And I just kind of put myself in, in in his shoes, and it really bothered me, man. I it, it's just been killing me. It's yeah. Well. I guess it's natural to put yourself like that could happen. What if that was me? That could happen to me. But in some ways, that's uh, selfish. You're it making is. this viewer about you. Just I be know. sad for uh, his children and wife. I know, but I'm I'm like that could be me, man. That could be me. Oh, we're running long. No, no. I'm I'm gonna get a backup going. I I notice I have one bar of battery. I'm having what you're talking about right now, oh, where I'm like, you, this you is the best been... podcast I've ever done in my life, and. Um, there's one little battery bar, but I think that will last a little bit, and I think it blinks before it turns off, right? Oh, I would just yeah, just get that backup in, baby. Just in case. well, there's no yeah. I'm gonna record on my phone backup. But so, yeah, even though yeah, again, even though Kobe and I we are not on the same levels at all, but I just the similarities of like retiring young, starting to, starting to do things that he really wants in the, in in his life, and it's all it's all over, you know. No, I feel similarly like whenever I see something like that happen because I'm like, God, that can happen. And that's like your worst nightmare Yeah, is that like you have everything the way you finally wanted it, what you, you're living the life you want and then something's going to rob you of it. Right. It's the biggest fear. And that's the thing is like the more things you have, the more you worry about losing them. Right. Like the more money you have, you, you get the dream house. That's I, I think that way all the time. I'm like if I bought my dream house, I would be so anxious that it was going to burn down or something like that. I have that here, this apartment I love. It's beautiful, man. And I'm so worried that like my landlord will die. I think about this all the time. If my landlord dies, he'll I won't be able to live here anymore, the whole thing. Right. Um, fuck, I can't get this fucking thing to record. See, I'm having a panic attack now that we're going to lose this goddamn they recording. Don't want, they don't want us to do this, Joe. I should have put... They? I should have put fresh batteries in. God <sighs> damn it. Well, we got to just keep going. And then Whatever happens, happens, man. Yeah, it's a good point. If we lose this, I'll kill myself. Meanwhile, people at home are probably like, 
people listening are like, nah, you can lose this one. It stinks. You guys suck. Uh, I, f- I feel like they're, they're not going to like it. I feel that way all the time. That's all I ever think. As I'm like, I'm going to get tweets being like, this is stupid. You guys talk too political. Black people, you know, don't know how easy they have it or whatever bullshit. Oh, yeah, we, I know, right? That's yeah, just, man. That's just my own thoughts, though. That's your, that's your own thoughts. <laughs> all right, I got a backup going. Okay. So if something happens, we could all go. Right. Yeah, but dude, the therapy was the therapy was going well. My wife got in on some sessions. Oh, you guys I, went together? Yeah, we started going together, man. And that it, it was it was helping out, you know, immensely, man. Because like I was just like up to my retirement, dude. I was I was really losing my shit because I was like overweight. And I came so close to getting kicked out at the end because I just wasn't passing my physical fitness test. Jesus. Because me- mentally, I was just so done. I was so done. It's like senioritis. Yeah, I was so done. I was stressed out about the, my PT stuff. So that's when I quit drinking. I, I quit eating beef, you know, pork. I cut out rice, fried foods for like a year and a half. And I felt so much better after that. And my relationship with my wife got better. Um, yeah, dude, it's just... You're turning around. That's the thing that's good to hear or good to know, I think, people at home, that like at any time, you can turn things around for yourself. It's never too late to make a change. But it's but I felt like it's always something. This is like once you uh, start saving money, there's always something that happens. It's like, all right, we got a thousand bucks in the bank. Boom, transmission goes out or you need a new hot water heater or something like that. It's just I felt like as soon as I started getting better, something else would pop up because... But- but then we went through a thing where I thought my son was autistic. So I felt like all that anxiety and worry I had about the military and retiring, that was gone. Then it was re- it's replaced with maybe he's autistic. And then going down that whole rabbit hole, you well, know. That's when you can say, this is, again, where mindfulness comes in, is that's where you got to sit and say, this is anxiety. I'm having anxiety right now. And with the stuff, always stuff coming up, this is what my therapist says all the time. I want to get it fucking tattooed on my forehead or forearm where I can see it. He says, that's just life. That's life. Like you get, I'll be like, oh, now I need another root canal. Just when everything was fine. Yeah. I need a root canal. He's like, that's life. Like a lot of, that's what life is. You have to go to the DMV. Your kid's going to get sick. You got to go get your haircut. You got a bad haircut. You're gassy one day. You have diarrhea. Your wife, you know, blows your neighbor. Whatever it is, stuff comes up. That's life. It's part of life. You can't live an unscathed I life. know, but I always feel like it's going to be, I, uh, is catastrophize a word? I think so. Yeah. Why not? Like, that's me. Like, I'm kind of like with you. If I'm sick, it's going to be the worst thing. Yeah. It's like, if my kid is sick, it's, it's going to be the worst thing possible. Like at first we thought he was autistic. He just got diagnosed with ADHD and we didn't want to give him medication. We were like super worried about that, but we finally did that. And he's doing very, very well on the medication. So that's helped with our, with my anxiety quite a bit. You know, it, it, it's just, it seems like there's always something. And now that like that piece is is somewhat settled for now, I'm waiting for the other shooter drop. Like in my mind, I'm like, what's next? What fucking next? You know? I can never just just exist in, in a lull here's the, 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 and enjoy it. I can't. I have the same problem. But here's what you have to try to tell yourself. And then again, this is what my therapist says all the time. And when I'm done with this sentence, I'm going to pause and then we'll change batteries and then we'll, people won't even notice the difference. Right. But here's what you got to remind yourself of. You'll handle that. So far, you're 40 years old or whatever, 39 years old. You've handled everything. You've had these serious problems. You've been sick or you got heavy or you were whatever. Your your wife, I'm sure you guys were fighting. You had a son. 
you'll handle it. You have to trust your ability and have faith in your ability to handle things. You're a smart guy. I, yeah, I appreciate that. I, you're right. That's, that's what I have to tell myself. Like, I had the epiphany one day. I was just like, because I used to always think the uh, universe was conspiring against me. Right. And I'm right. I'm just driving down the street one day. I'm like, I'm like, why do you think it's so important that the fucking universe is making you late to this thing? Like it gives a shit. Well, it's like, no, what was going to happen was going to happen. That That's it. That's, Stop thinking you're so special that the universe was like, we don't want Chris to get there on time. We're going to make this, you know. Well, that's whatever. like, like I was saying, it's like reality is neutral. You're just in traffic. It's just your um, perception or your right. the way you're sort of interpreting it. Right. Anyways, we're back and um, we took a little break to add batteries, which I should have done in the first place. It's fine, man. But uh, yeah, I agree, man, with the whole thing of nature being neutral. I, I, I you know, watching these nature shows with my son, it kind of like really uh, made that point for me here recently. I, I've learned a lot in the last couple of years because my son is getting older. He's asking a lot of questions. We watch these nature nature documentaries and he'll see like a, a an animal kill something. He goes, is that lion bad, daddy? I'm like, no, nature isn't good or bad. It just is what it is. And I'm like, damn, that's I'm spitting some real shit right here. <laughs> right, it's just right. like the lion didn't do anything wrong. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you hear people, they go hiking and people fall, they get hurt. And it's just like the forest didn't do anything. That rock's been there for a thousand years. It's just like you went in there, you fucked yourself up. A, 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 you know, a cliff has never pushed someone over itself. You know what I mean? It's right. just, you fucked up. Nature is just there, just existing. We interact with it. And sometimes those interactions do not work in our favor, but it did nothing. Yeah. Well, that's even a thing too. I think like sometimes we think of like nature as this thing you go into, but people don't realize like we are also nature. Like yeah. we're sharing the earth. We're breathing. We're animals also. So it's like, yeah, you might get, eaten by a thing or attacked by a thing or fall well, down the thing. It's like... It happens every day, man. You can't yeah. remove yourself from nature. Like, this is man-made. We're in an apartment, but it's still nature. We're still fucking animals living on a planet. Yeah, right. Um, Instead of slipping and falling down like an embankment, this motherfucker slipped and fell in his, uh, in his bathroom and hit his head on the sink and it's over. Right, right. It's, it's, just, it's just, diff just different. But it is scary. Life is fucking scary but you have to uh i guess you have to just face that shit because there is times where you're just like i just want to isolate and hide in my house right. where i feel like it's safe right and dude my, my son has really helped me see a lot about me here recently because i'm noticing that he is starting to have anxiety he's picking at like he'll have something on his wrist he go dad what is this on my arm it's you know is this gonna get better i'm like it's just a scrape man just let it, leave it alone. He, I don't know. I don't know. And he's seven. I'm like, Jesus, this was me. Right. This is me. And I'm telling him all the things that I need to hear now. I'm like, why can't I tell myself this advice? Because he'll get worked up about dying at, at bedtime. I'm like, you're seven years old, man. Nothing's going to happen. Daddy's here for you. We love you. You're seven. You're going to have a whole life ahead of you. You're going to have a family. Da, da, da. And I remember my father doing the same thing to me. Right. That's... You know? It's an interesting thing about that. I always feel like I'm so good with other people's anxiety. Right. That's why I'll text you from time to time. Like, I know Joe can help me out real quick. But I can't. I don't trust myself. I need my therapist to tell me. Because when I tell myself, I'm like, you're an idiot. What yeah, do you exactly. know? Exactly. What do you know? But I feel like when I talk to other people, I'm like, no, no, you just handle this. But it's easier right. to deal with other people because it's not right. you it's, specifically. I know. 
It's easy for me to see, like, people are like, I, is this something? Do I have, like, Renan or whoever will be like, is this cancer? Do I think? I'm like, no, you don't have what's, you don't have cancer. But in your mind, you're like, if I had that, I would be freaking the fuck out. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's 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 tricky. It's like this weird ego thing where I'm like, you should listen to me because I know what I'm talking about. Unless I'm talking to myself. Then I'm like, right. you're an idiot. Yeah. What is that? It's just, is that just low self-esteem or? I don't. I don't know. There's certain people you respect more than you respect yourself, I guess. Like my therapist, I'm like, well, he's a trained social worker. He must know better right. than me. I'm a fucking idiot comedian. Yeah. I, yeah. But we've acquired a lot of the same knowledge. Right. Um, like a lot of people don't like going home and like seeing their family and stuff because oh, my family's dumb. Dude, it's so important because my wife will tell me, like, you're so indecisive. You're so this, you're so that. But I don't see it because I'm me, you know? Right. And I go back home to Rochester and they'll go, oh, what do you want for dinner? Like, oh, we want Popeyes. We want to go here. We want to go there. And it'll take us two or three hours to decide. And I'm like, why can't they just pick somewhere? To... And I'm like, oh, this is what my wife is talking about. So I got to go home and experience what I've learned from my family and, and do to her. I'll go, oh, this is kind of annoying. Yeah, that's the but thing. But it's, it's part of our process when everybody's together is to go back and forth about what we're going to eat. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, it's all learned behavior. That's why it's nice to spend time with in-laws because you see, you're like, oh, this is where yeah. they come from. Right. So many people would benefit. This is, oh, I'd never go home. My parents are this. It's like, dude, you're that too. Right. You're that too. Like my, my cousin, I don't want to say, I don't want to, because you might get pissed. Him and his mom don't have a great relationship. She can be very messy. She's very manipulative and stuff and just overbearing and just real. She's a nice lady, but she can be tough to deal with. And he recently had, uh, he has two kids now and he's slowly becoming that. And I want to tell him, dude, you're being your mother right now and you do not like her. And it's like, you might not exactly, you, you might not be doing exactly what she did to you, but you're doing it in another way. Right. Yeah, I have similar with my family. We were like, you're acting like that person that and you they, hate. You don't even know. Yeah. Don't He doesn't even know. Yeah, that's scary and weird and interesting all yeah. at the same time. Like my dad, he went through some stuff lately. The uh, last couple of years, he's been super depressed. It's been really, really hard to see. Really hard to watch. A very proud man, worked hard his entire life. And he he can't work, and it's just it's bummed him out. He won't do anything. I send him audio books. He, I know it's tough for him to do things, but he has no interest. He won't do anything. He's hard to talk to, and I hate saying this. I call him for his birthday, and it's just I got nothing from him, man. I love my dad, but we just we're missing that connection, and. He didn't want me to come see him for his birthday. It was his 65th. Oh, don't worry about it. It's too cold. I don't want a gift. And I was like, you know what? I see myself becoming this because my wife is always out doing stuff. She goes to these events. Hey, I want to do this. We should go out together. I'm like, I don't like getting dressed up. I've been told what to do for 20 years uh, from the military. I don't want to be told what I can wear or where I can go. And talking to my dad, I was just like, this is going to be me in 30 years. I was like, I have to stop this shit. Like, I've turned 40 in a few weeks. I told my mom a couple weeks ago, I don't want to do shit. After I talked to my dad, I talked to my mom and my wife. I was like, I have to do something. I have to keep myself out of my comfort zone because if I don't, I'm going to become an isolated, agoraphobic, just person who 
has no ambition and joy in life, man. But that's great. That's that's mindfulness. I mean, that's like uh, being mindful of like, oh, I don't want this to have to to kind of see what you don't want yeah. and what you do want. And I'm not trashing. My dad is a brilliant man. He's a hardworking man, an honest man. He loves his family. But I was just, I, it just hit me a few days ago. I'm like, we don't have a, a real relationship. I can't call and just talk to my dad about stuff. Yeah, I have I the can't. same thing. It's it's so hard. I remember a, a, a couple of years ago, I was just going through like a crisis and I called my dad. I was like, what do you do? He's like, well, son, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, just pray and give it to God. And I'm like, I got mad. I was like, look, dad, I was like, I don't mean to talk to you like this, but I was like, I don't want to hear that shit right now. I was like, I need you to talk to me like Bobby. Tell me something. Right. And then he broke down and he told me something that he went through. Dude, I'm on my way up to D.C. to do shows. I'm fucking crying in the car. <laughs> My dad's crying. I'm crying. I was like, this is what I needed to hear. This is what I needed to hear. This is the advice that I needed. Not some canned bullshit story or, or advice that you just wanted to throw at me to get me off the phone. Right. I mean, he got he got in there, dude. He started crying. Like, he lost his job a long time ago, and he said he was waiting for my um, sisters and I to walk up the street from school, and he said he saw my, sis my baby sister with her coat on, and it looked a little small, and he was just like, he broke down. He's like, I can't afford to buy my baby girl a jacket. The jacket was fine. Right. But he came from like like your parents. They had no money. So clothes, they have like clothing insecurities and they have food insecurities. So just the slightest tear in your clothes or if your sleeves are a little too short, my dad's like, get rid of it because that's how they grew up. Right. And he saw my sister like that, dude. That made him cry. Like I see my dad cry after he lost his job because people would come to our house and ask my dad for money. And my dad was like, I don't have a job, man. I, I, I can't give you money anymore he comes back in the house and he's crying that he can't help an alcoholic right anymore you know dude he cried cried that sounds amazing i mean it sounds like he's connected with he is but feelings you, and but has is, a hard time with it you can't do like you can't have a conversation with him right he yeah yeah i can't. have the same thing i have the same thing i think all the time where it's like you feel you end up feeling rudderless where you're like I would need to call somebody right. and I end up collecting these other like father type figures where I'm like, I'll call them, but it's still not, you're not replacing right. that actual relationship. You need that yeah, my person. A, a great man. I just wish he was, I wish he would just do a little bit more, man. Yeah. Be a little more available. Yeah. And it's just like, I just, I, I can talk to my mom for hours on the phone. Yeah. Are you like that with either one of your parents or no? Uh, is that a black no. dude thing? <laughs> No. Dude, I'll tell you this. Any dude, if you're walking around anytime on the weekends, early in the morning, and you see a black dude on the phone, I will say 80% of those guys are talking to their mothers. Well, I mean, I talk to my mother a lot less than I did. We're kind of, yeah, we kind of had Every a, day? Were you ever on an no. everyday thing? I did after my breakup, the girl that called me ugly. Uh, we eventually broke up for some reason. Um, and then I talked to her every day after that. And I do remember thinking... I had a moment for like a year. I would talk to her every day because I was so devastated. And I remember th waking up one day and being like, oh man, I didn't talk to my mother yesterday and feeling like, oh, I'm getting over the hump because I just didn't feel the need to call her. But oh, for really? at, when we first broke up, I was calling her like several times a day. But it was mostly just um, to vent and stuff like that. That's who I would go to. But I, I'm a guy that leans heavily on other people. But not, not always my parents, but friends. I'm always... Right. Checking in. I think about that when I'm like, I get obsessed with my phone time is so bad. But the other day I felt better because I looked and saw my te texting is like two hours a day. 
Okay. Where I'm like, I text with like 20 people a day. So I feel like I'm at least in touch with people, but not always my parents. My father um, is also good guy, funny guy, sweet guy, but he's never called me ever. Yeah, my dad doesn't call me either. It's just... I never called him either. I just call my mother and say, tell dad I said this. Yeah, we... Yeah, dude. When we go home, I can't sit and watch a, a ball game with my dad and talk about anything. It's just like, oh, what's going on with this? Uh-huh. Yep. You know. Yeah. It's just it's like, man, I just, I, I just wish I had that, that thing where me and my dad could just kind of like, just sit and chill and you know throw some hot dogs on the grill and talk about the good old days. But he's he's not that type of guy. Yes. Yeah, same. Same here. Same with my dad. And I talk. I see other people with their dads, and I get jealous. But they're just like they're just t- calling a bullshit for like twenty five minutes and talking about what they're doing. I'm like, yeah, that we, sounds my dad, great. No. But that's what's nice about you. You have a kid, so you can give that to your kid I'm, and be I'm, aware and mindful of that. I'm I'm, I'm working on that, you know. Because but my dad was always there. I played baseball. We played catch. He used to take me to the movies. All that kind of stuff, but as we got older, he just, we just we just don't connect, and it it it, it kind of hurts, you know. Yeah, same here. I deal with the exact same thing, and it's hard. And you kind of like, there's part of you that's like, do I call and say, hey, this hurts my feelings. I want to talk, but or do I just go? That's not who he is. It's it's it, tricky. Yeah, it's I don't I don't know what to do, man. But I I, I the thing is I. I can't complain, man. I cannot look where I am. And I'm not saying comedically or anything like that. Or if I was just like, I'm doing fine. He did a great job. He raised a, res- a responsible human being. It's like, he did his job. It's like, what else should I really be asking for, man? Well, that's what, see, that's where I think I have a problem with is like, you can ask more. You, you can ask what you need from them. That's what you need in relationships, particularly your parents who are supposed to be available to you. You can set, uh, boundaries and your desires. Tell people what you want in a relationship, which is important. Yeah, I, I don't. I just feel like he's just not that guy. He just came from a time where, like, my job is to raise productive people. I love them, but we're not gonna really be connecting on this super deep level. That's more of my mom and I's relationship. Like her and I do. We have had some wars. Like I'm not proud of it, but me, my mom and I have got into conversations where I have cursed a lot, and that is highly looked down upon. In my family. Sure. But my mom and I, man, we have a bond like no other, man. But we we go at it. And that's the thing about both my parents. I could ask my dad right now. If I was like, Dad, I need $50,000 right now, he would give it to me. Yeah, that's the thing. I have that, too. And sometimes I'm like, my parents would do anything for me. They, they come to my shows. Um, and I think my dad, like you said, like is from a generation of, like I went to work every day. I hated my job and I paid for the house and insurance. Yeah, and you went I to took good the school. Doc- you had clothes. Yeah. Now you're married. What do you want from what do you what do you want from me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're like, but I need another level. I need the emotional thing, which in a lot of ways is more important than that. If we lived in a cardboard box, but you were like, I love you and I'm here for you, and here's what you should do. I don't know which is which is better. I don't know. But dude, I see some of these kids like taking my son to like soccer and stuff, and some of those these parents that do like the, I'm the whole buddy parent and the dude, the kids are just running wild. I'm like, they're not going to respect you. Well, buddy parent is different. There's yeah. the, there's the one thing. Yeah. It's dude. Being a parent is fucking tricky. This is why I don't have kids. Cause it's, that's dude, so it's, stressful. It's, it's parenting is nothing but thin lines. You know what I mean? It's like, if you do this too much, your daughter can end up this way. You know what I mean? Or right. this, have this type of relationship with, with, with men. With your son, the same thing. You can say some things and do some things as a real relationship with women. It's just like, do you let them out 
and have fun with their friends or or do you force them to sneak out? Right. It's just like, dude, yeah. It's it's so hard, dude. You yeah. don't know what you're doing. I only got one. You know what I mean? You well, you have to I think the most important thing, and not to use like buzzy woke terms, is like you have to let them feel seen and heard. We do that a lot, dude. Like you have to be like, I, I hear you and I'm listening because I see people that just are like blatantly ignoring their children where I'm like, you have to respond to him. I like, they're going, dad, dad, dad. And like, you, you gotta fucking respond. I can, I can feel it. I'm like, I can feel them being like wounded of like, you're And it's hard for me to say, cause it's like, I don't have kids. So I don't know what it's like to hear that all day long. And you're like, I need a break from this where you're looking at your phone, but you're like, dude, you gotta respond to your children. You do, man. You, You do. Uh, but yeah, it's like, no matter what you do, you can love them too much or you gave them too many uh, or whatever you, you baby them or yeah, the helicopter parents. It's just like, it's enough to overwhelm me and be like, I can't even do it. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Uh, I don't, I don't go to that barbershop anymore, but the barbershop I used to go to in Charlottesville was more of like a, uh, uh, it's kind of in the hood, kind of. So he, my son, got to interact with uh, kids who are more like latchkey, kind of like hood kids. Mm-hmm. And seeing a five-year-old who who's grown up like in a struggling environment, and my son, night and day. Right. It was just so. It's, it's just like you'll see like a five-year-old and like an eight-year-old. Their mom just dropped them off to get haircuts. There's no way I could do that with my son. I could not drop him off anywhere, give him cash, and give him extra money to walk to the store to get a snack and come back and wait to get a haircut. Like, that's the type of responsibility these kids have. And, like, sometimes my son struggles with opening fruit snacks. I'm like, you would have not lasted in my neighborhood with how soft you are. But at the same time, I'm like, I would rather my son grow up like this Right. Then eight years old and can curse like a 35 year old man that's been working for the city for 15 years. Well, that's the thing, too, is like you have to be able to empathize with your kids. Like, I think a lot of parents tend to be like, especially from the generation we were grew up in, is that thing of like, yeah, but you have no idea how hard it is. Wait till you're in the real world. But you're like, you're dismissing their feelings of right. like, they don't give a fuck about the real world and a job. They're right. 12. That's years so off. They're like, you have to like reconnect with how hard school was. And we talk about this a lot with anxiety where it's like, I'm like complaining about a toothache or a, my lungs or whatever. And people are like, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. I'm like, but, but to me, I'm like, my world is coming apart. Right. And that's the thing with kids. I think when they're struggling with school or anxiety, you're like, Dude, this is nothing. You're that's in their fifth world. grade, but it's yeah. like, well, that's all they know. That's it. They should. I mean, yeah, it's like you would be concerned if your kids, your son was like, ah, it's fifth grade. I don't give a shit if I pass that test. In your mind, as a parent, you go, I know it doesn't matter, but you can't have that attitude. This right. matters. This is your job right now. This is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, this is what your life is right now. Speaking of life, we got we got to wrap this up. Oh. This is going long, and I got to go to my other podcast, which is. Yeah. A lot different than this. <laughs> um, yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. You know, no, I'm grateful. It was fun. This is like a great. I feel like we could just keep. Well, again, we we can't keep having this conversation just not recorded. We could have it on the train. Yeah, on the way to. Yeah, uh, sorry about the political stuff. Maybe if we if we would have talked before we recorded, we could have got that out and then. But I don't think we got know. too political. We got it was general. It was very general. 
but now I'm worried about what people are going to think because they yell at you. But it it all it all plays, man. I hate that when people act like it doesn't. It all plays into the anxiety, the political stuff that's going on, your background, you got kids. All it all plays into it, man. It all plays into it. Yeah, it's all part of it, and um, yeah, none of it exists in a vacuum. You know what I mean? Right. You're just like, oh, the political, I'll leave that there. It's like, no, it affects how you interact with and see people. It really does. Yeah, it's um, it's tricky. It's, a it's hard... sad. Dude, it's 2020. This should be the funnest time to live. You got Uber Eats, Uber, <laughs> all this stuff. We don't even have to go anywhere. And it's like, we just sit at home and just complain. But it's it's all, again, how you interpret it and how you choose to live. We You can ignore all that stuff. You can exist without social media and even the news. You're right. Like, I'm addicted to the fucking cable news and social media and stuff, but I don't... My politics I keep separate from social media. Social media, I'm just looking to see if I've fucking gained followers cause, or if people wrote nice things about the podcast. I got problems. But... Um, you can actually remove yourself from this stuff. And maybe right. we should, maybe we should take a nice break. And that's what we're doing right now. If you're listening to this, you're taking a little break and listening to this, although we're talking about it, I guess. I don't know. Now I don't know what I'm talking about. Now, I, sometimes this happens on podcasts or in conversation where you're just like, now I'm law. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but, <laughs> um, but it's all part of it. But I think this is a great episode and I've really, uh, enjoyed it. I hope that people did as well. Yes. Tell them where they can find you. At Chris Allen Comedy, A-L-A-N on Instagram and Twitter. I don't have a website. I'm a nobody. Where, when do you move to the city? Well, whenever I can. I don't know, man. It's not Get divorced? <laughs> no. Just kidding. I Will your wife listen to this? Does she support? Oh, she will listen. Oh, really? Oh, you my whole dude, my whole family's gonna listen, man. Oh God. Well I'm, yeah, that's how low level I am where people are just like oh, they want to listen to everything I'm doing. Well, this is probably the biggest thing you've ever done in your career. It I mean. is. Not the uh, not the Schumer Arena, it's the Joe List podcast. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's a great episode of Tuesdays with Stories. You probably Top know the leg? episode no, number. No, I do not. Oh really? No. no. Um well check out um Chris Allen on Twitter. And Instagram, his kid's adorable and a uh, very funny guy also. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Thanks it was for great. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Let's hop on that old N train. Yeah, or the W. Oh, the W. Um, White to the... Yeah, you take the N, I'll take the W. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Right, Mindful Metal Jacket is hosted by comedian Joe List. Produced by Joe List. Edited by Matt Kleinschmidt. Executive producers Robert Kelly and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcasts.